Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He's a Virginia Tech grad and Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, uh, what on earth happened to Miami in this game this weekend? My goodness. Oh, did you say something? Sorry, Clemson just scored again. Oh, no. Um, Oh, dear. So this game was over in a hurry. Yes. And can we go back and rewind to the preview of this game when I said it was going to be close? Like we don't we don't I, have to go back to that if you okay. don't want to. I, I think I said so. I think we settled on it like being like twenty seven to ten, twenty eight to ten. But I think you and I thought it would be pretty competitive, and Clemson would just kind of pull away in the second half just because they're better and Miami was injured. And look, you. <laughs> You could bring back Chris Herndon and Amon Richards. It would not have made a damn difference in this football game. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, Miami was completely overmatched. They couldn't run the ball. Rozier got exposed throwing the ball, which I thought was the one thing the Hurricanes had to worry about, especially after how bad he looked against Pittsburgh. Yeah, this, uh, it was a boat race, Joey. It was a boat race. It was over much quicker than I anticipated. It was number one. By the way, number one Clemson thirty-eight, number seven Miami three. Clemson, your ACC champs again. Number one in the country. We've now learned officially that they are the number one seed in the playoff. Uh, when that comes about here later this month, but uh, this was again the ACC championship game, Mike, and it was a uh, it was a doozy. Um, Clemson just absolutely smothers Miami. Uh, there, there was just never Miami just never really had anything going whatsoever. Um, this was a, a mess for them from the start, and I, that's all there is to it. Uh, Miami's drive chart in this game, Mike, and, I, and brace yourself. Oh, boy. I'll cover my ears or eyes or something. Yes, uh, all of it. Uh, fumble, miss field goal, punt, 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 and that's the first half. Then punt, fumble, interception, interception, punt, 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 field goal. So they scored on their final drive against uh, Clemson's backups. And other than that, I mean, they were turning <laughs> the ball over. They were barely getting any first downs at all. Right. Miami could get nothing going on this in this and, game with this, in their offense. And how about Mark Rick? He's like, you know what? It's 38 nothing. <laughs> Let's kick a field goal. Well, I, I understand. Not being shut out. Let's kick a field goal. That I understand of trying not to get shut out. But the thing that I don't understand is when they, they're down 38 nothing and they're at like – fourth and short you know from midfield or something and they're punting like there there were a couple of decisions of like why did you punt you know you, you've got nothing to lose you're you're getting smashed if you want any chance at any sort of bizarre comeback you have to go for this and they weren't like Miami just sort of rolled over in the second half and seemed like they were just totally ready to be done with this game yeah I guess you can't blame them so Kelly Bryant 
Real good. Three of 29, 252 and a touchdown. Pretty good. Jeremy. Very effective. Yeah, very effective. Um, running the ball, Clemson was okay, right? Um, they had four touchdowns. They didn't run the ball for a ton of yards, but four touchdowns on the ground. They pounded it down Miami's throat there, right, you know, right really just in the red zone. That was pretty effective. Uh, Malik Rozier, two picks, 110 yards passing on only 14 of 29, uh, throwing the football, so little less than 50% completion, 110 and two picks is not going to get the job done. They had 30 carries for 104 yards, so I, they tried to run the ball. Uh, Travis Homer, 14 carries, 41 yards, only 2.9 yards per carry. Didn't have anything really going at all. Uh, I'd argue that the lone bright spot in this game for Miami was Braxton Berrios. He had seven catches for 51 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it was a complete annihilation. I wish there was more I could say about it to contribute here from a value perspective. But um, one thing I did notice, Joey, and you know Miami fans complained about this a lot this year, uh, they, they complained a lot about Clemson being ranked ahead of them in the playoff <laughs> rankings. Um, leading up to the ACC championship game, oh, you know we should have been we should have been ranked ahead of Clemson, and you know this is of course before they got upset by Pittsburgh. Oh, we should have been ranked ahead of uh, you know we should have been ranked ahead of Clemson. You know we should have been number one in the country for a time. I saw that too. Mm. Uh, I got one question for Miami fans: Do you still think you should be ranked ahead of Clemson? Mike, you you um, should just expect anything in the response to that question. Yeah, because maybe, and, <laughs> and I tweet I tweeted this out too because it was it was a little sweet redemption for me personally because I had Miami fans all year in my mentions. I'm telling them I'm like, hey guys, look, you got to put together a full four quarters because you play a good team and it's not going to happen, right? So I personally made the mistake, Joey, and I think you did as well, of saying, hey Virginia Tech, they're going to play Miami tough. Notre Dame, they're going to play Miami tough. And then I think what you and I both realized and what the nation realized as well as the season went on is, ooh, Virginia Tech, they fell to Georgia Tech, maybe not quite as good as we thought. Notre Dame, they lose the finale to Stanford, maybe not quite as good as we thought. Like, teams had these teams had obvious flaws, right? Mm-hmm. Clemson doesn't really have any. So you play the first, like, excellent team on your schedule all year, a team that really has no flaws in comparison to the rest of your schedule. And Miami quickly realized, like, they're not on that level yet, mm-hmm. right? They're dominant against good teams, but they can't hang with great teams. I think Clemson's a great team. They're playing great, best football of the year. Miami got them at a bad time. But they had the opportunity, right? The Hurricanes, they had a good year, a really solid year. 10-2, and two, you didn't know who your quarterback was going into the season. I think it's safe to say you don't know who your quarterback is going into next season because I'm not sure with any confidence you can roll Malik Rozier back out there heading into next year. I'm sure he'll play in the bowl game, but... You know, you can't be confident with him as your quarterback moving forward, I don't think, uh, especially if you want to unlock that ceiling, right? Like, Miami is close. they got really good players, and they're going to get there in the next couple of years, but they're not there yet, and I think Saturday night's ACC championship was a clear indication of that. First of all, Mike, never underestimate Mark Rick's loyalty to his starting quarterback, regardless of how good or not good he is. Um, I, I, I mean, you could definitely make a pretty easy argument that Miami's going to be pretty limited as long as Malik Rozier is their quarterback. Um, he, he's gotten really exposed here the last couple of weeks. And, you know, to, you could say that maybe he just had a bad week last week against Pittsburgh. But in this game, I mean, he was 14-29 for 110 yards and two picks. That's bad. 
just not going to get the job done. No. <laughs> really against anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, now, and Clemson Clemson had a lot to do with it, too. Oh, sure. I, I, I mean, Clemson's defense is not really uh, something you just pulled off the trash heap or anything. Um, they're pretty good. You said that Clemson doesn't have flaws here. I think that maybe the one flaw that they did have and did show in this game was that they kind of struggled at times to be efficient in the running game. They finished with 41 carries for 77 yards, um, less than two yards per carry as a team. Not really where you want to be, but they made up for it plenty in the passing game uh, as, a, as a total unit going 25 of 34 for 254 and a touchdown. Um, Kelly Bryant with the Lions share there, but again, the, the backups came in for Clemson with about 10 minutes left to go in the game. And so Zarek Cooper and Hunter Johnson got uh, combined five pass attempts in. Um, Miami's defense, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that I was actually pretty impressed. I mean, that team, did, that unit did not quit, and, and they did give Clemson's offense some tough, you know, some struggles at times. But as the game wore on, Miami's offense just could not stay on the field, and Miami's defense wore down badly, and, uh, and Clemson capitalized and ultimately ends up basically running up the score. Um, here's the other thing that Miami kind of screwed up, Mike. They turned the ball over three times to only Clemson's one. Um, that was a pretty big issue in this game for the Canes and again the two interceptions from Malik Rozier there was also a a fumble from Jeff Thomas uh, that Clemson was able to capitalize on and when they got turnover chained yeah uh, they they got the turnover chain and they got it ripped out of them Um, so you know we we've known that Miami is a bit of a flawed team regardless of what their record has said and we've been saying as much all year Um, it's starting to come to fruition now as they play a, a really solid Clemson team I don't think that Miami's a bad team or anything. I just I think that they're not quite as good as their record would suggest, and you saw a lot of reasons why last night. Yeah, and, you know, maybe we were, uh, I mean, like I said, and Miami fans are going to try to jump all over this because they're going to say, oh, you know, all of a sudden Miami beats these teams and they're not any good anymore, which is like a patently false statement. Um you know, it was obvious, right? I mean, Virginia Tech lost a game after they played Miami. Notre Dame lost a game after they played Miami. Like, sorry, we thought these teams were a little bit better. or Maybe we just didn't We didn't point out the flaws as well as we probably should have with those opponents that played Miami. And Clemson, I mean, to your point, didn't run the ball great, right? But they've run the ball well lately. Um, the last month or so, they've run the ball well, and maybe they haven't thrown the ball as well. And this game, it was like Kelly Bryant said, you know what, I'm just going to throw all over him. Mm-hmm. If it comes down to the point where Bryant's consistent in the passing game and Clemson just figures it out on the ground or vice versa, you know, maybe they're strong in the passing game and they have just enough, or strong in the rushing game and just have just enough in the passing game, you know, all of a sudden you have an offense that has multiple ways they can beat you. And, you know, Clemson's offense wasn't fantastic on Saturday night by any stretch, but they had enough in the tank to get the job done, and the defense really set them up multiple times with the short field, and that was really the difference in the game. But I thought it was just pretty obvious. Clemson's the class of the ACC, and Miami is, like, the next team that's really, really, really good and, like, the closest thing at this point to Clemson. But they're not quite there, and Clemson is still head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. We thought coming into the year, Florida State was going to be that team to compete with Clemson in the Atlantic and maybe get to the ACC championship. And then Florida State had all their flaws. Now they don't have a coach, and we'll get into that shortly. But, you know, it's pretty clear that Clemson is still the class of the conference. I think that was the biggest thing that I took away uh, from Saturday night's game. I think that's a fair statement. Um, 
So again, Clemson, your ACC champs, just as Josh Parcell drew it up on our uh, pregame podcast with or our preseason podcast with him. Uh, you and I were pretty skeptical, and I don't know that we really voiced it on air as much, but um, you and I were pretty skeptical uh, of Clemson's ability to repeat here, especially with big bad Florida State in the division. And next thing you know, Florida State kind of crumbles. Uh, Clemson wins a couple of games against you know teams like NC State and such, and uh, they are still on top, still on top in the Atlantic, and uh, they are now heading to the playoff to represent the ACC, Mike. And good for them. So do we want to talk real quick about a team that doesn't have a coach and isn't going to a playoff? Oh, this is – yes, absolutely. Let's do this. Because there was another game on Saturday, Joey. Oh, there was. There was, for better or game. worse. Good old makeup game, Joey. Yes. Uh, Florida State 42, Louisiana Monroe 10, uh, just as we all drew it up. This game – so Florida State was a 27-point favorite. We both took Louisiana Monroe to cover um, – and there for a while it didn't look awful. Florida State was only up fourteen nothing at halftime. At one point in the uh, in the third quarter, it was twenty one to ten Louisiana Mon- or twenty one to ten Florida State. So Louisiana Monroe keeping it close, but Florida State really put this game away on the ground in the second half. Uh, Jacques Patrick and Cam Akers combined for thirty eight carries and four touchdowns, uh, over two hundred and fifty yards rushing between them. Um, they were pretty unstoppable in this game. James Blackman was okay, 14-22 uh, for 197, a touchdown and two picks. That's not really a great sign. Um, Louisiana Monroe used that interception to kind of keep the game close. They scored a, a touchdown coming off of it. But other than that, I mean, Florida State kind of did what they should have done. They were under an uh, interim coach in Odell Haggins, their uh, defensive line assistant. Um, so this was, you know – a good sign for Florida State that they were able to kind of rally the troops without Jimbo Fisher and win and win pretty convincingly. But uh, now they are going to be headed to a bowl game, Mike, and we'll talk about the bowl lineup here in a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Florida State going forward. Again, they're without Jimbo Fisher, uh, so they need to establish. You know, what is the long term plan for the coaching staff there, and uh, at what point, you know, you get DeAndre Francois back next year. I'm assuming he just slots right back in as the starter. I don't think James Blackman's done enough to win this job this year, Mike. And so uh, Florida State going to salvage bowl eligibility. And uh, that was exactly what their goal was when they tried to reschedule this game here a couple weeks ago. And uh, thankfully for them, they did. And they uh, they win, get to 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, and, you know, the NCAA and, you know, the bowl committees, I mean, they did an excellent job of now sending Florida State to Shreveport. So congratulations, Yeehaw. Florida State. When can this season end? Well, talking I mean, about gotta, the Knolls. Got to go to Shreveport first. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 504 yards of offense for Florida State, uh, 305 yards on the ground. You mentioned Patrick and Akers, you know, four touchdowns between the two of them. Ryan Green had a touchdown as well. Louisiana Monroe, one of the worst teams in the country against the run. We highlighted that in the preview, and that certainly manifested itself in this game. Yeah, so solid win for Florida State and their interim coach, uh, Joey, what was his name, Bilbo Baggins, something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that, Odell <laughs> Odell Baggins, like uh, Odell Beckham, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Head coach OBJ, yes. OBJ, OBJ, well, he's got to do something <laughs> in the offseason that's quickly approaching for the Giants. So, anyway. Here for it. Good win for Seminoles, yeah. Yeah, not bad. Um so we, we mentioned, again, with the uh, interim coach in place, of course, Jimbo Fisher officially leaving and going to Texas A&M, uh, where I see that ending in one of two ways, one of which being he's there for about two years and then bails for a, a better job. 
And the other way being he's there for like eight years and wins a national title there. And for my own sanity at work, I cannot handle that thought. So let's just not talk about that one. Uh, but it does leave Florida State without a head coach, uh, a permanent coach. Uh, the, the name that's been tossed around the most and, and the most consistently has been Willie Taggart up at Oregon. Uh, formerly coached under Jim Harbaugh, comes off that tree. And uh, he was formerly at uh, South Florida and before that at Western Kentucky. Um, did very well at both stops. Now, you know, did fairly well in year one under uh, at Oregon where he had to kind of uh, navigate through some quarterback injuries and such up there. Um, the thought is that maybe he comes down to Florida State where he's very familiar with Florida. I think he's from Tampa, um, knows the area and such. I'm not 100% convinced that he's going to leave Oregon after year one, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people suggesting that he might, although the latest that we've gotten on this is that Willie seems to be uh, reaffirming his commitment to Oregon, which take that with, you know, whatever grain of salt you so choose. But um, as far as I know, that's the only real candidate sticking out right now for Florida State, Mike. Have you heard of any others? So, I mean, to your point with Willie Taggart, I mean – He's from Florida, like you said. You mentioned he coaches South Florida. Obviously knows the area well, has recruited well in that state. So on many levels, it makes sense. Grew up a Florida State fan for whatever that's worth. Mm. But as far as other candidates are concerned, I know number two on Florida State's list was Justin Fuente. And Justin Fuente came out today and basically said, yeah, I mean, I've, I've received phone calls. I think I'm not sure if the individual, the, the reporter who asked Fuente about it today, referenced Florida State directly. But that's the one job that's obviously, you know, everybody's eyes and ears are on and Fuente was mentioned there pretty prominently there late last week you know so they asked him hey um you know have you received calls and Fuente basically said yeah I, you know I'm receiving calls my answer's been pretty simple it's been a pretty you know pretty quick conversation I think it's clear that I'm pretty happy where I'm at I'm not really looking to make a move elsewhere right now or he said I don't want to make any like statements about the future or any you know grandiose statements about where I'm going to be in five years but he said I'm I think I've made it pretty clear in my two years at Virginia Tech, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. So it doesn't sound like he's leaving Blacksburg. Uh, you know, seems to love the area. He's got two young kids, so I know it's kind of hard to, you know, just jump up and move them around. And then it would be the third move for the family in the last, like, four or five years, which is tough as well. So he's the one other name that I've heard relating to Florida State that I don't think is going to happen just from what I've heard out of Virginia Tech. So... If it's not Taggart, I guess the answer now is who. And you and I threw out Gary Patterson from TCU. I think that would be a guy that Florida State and their fan base would be interested in going out and getting if Taggart falls through. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, I mean, Mike Norvell maybe, but that would be like the first big-time coaching job for him, so I'm not totally sure about that. I don't see Lane Kiffin happening. I mean, there are just a number of guys further down the list that just don't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I think it's really for Florida State Taggart than Fuente, and I think they're really just hoping the Taggart bites here. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, the thing that Florida State's capable of doing more than basically anybody else is, you know, lighting up the money cannon and firing it at whoever. So that's, I mean, that's that's the only thing that I could see really drawing Justin Fuente away from Blacksburg is if they're just going to pay him $10 million a year or something stupid, you know, to come come down to Florida State. But uh, at this point, yeah, it seems to be Taggart or bust, and you know it, it's taken long enough that I, I wonder if we're more, not leaning towards bust here a little bit. But um, in any case, yeah, Florida State coaching search—we're going to have to keep an eye on that, and it'll be uh, interesting to see who they come up with. Uh, 
Mike, it is Sunday after conference championship weekend. Um, and so that means we got a bowl line up here. Yeah, we do, Joey. And of course, Clemson highlights the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, going to the Sugar Bowl, uh, college football playoff semifinal game representing the ACC in the playoffs. So, class of the conference, class of the country, sitting at number one overall seed there uh, for the playoff. So, you know, they did pretty well. Miami's still doing all right. They're going to the Orange Bowl. I don't know. I mean, they're it's going to be a tough game for them. They get big playing Wisconsin in that bowl game. Wisconsin, I think a little bit better than I thought. Um, going to be really interested to see how that plays out. But those are like the top two games, obviously. And then you get further but down the list, a bunch of different ACC games here. Thing to remember about Miami and the orange bowl. That's a home game. That's a it night is. home game, which has spelled doom for multiple opponents this year. They, <laughs> they play well at home at night, don't they? Yeah. I think that's what we've, uh, we've established here this year. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, I, I think Wisconsin is a pretty tough matchup for Miami, but uh, the the home team factor there might uh, might swing things a little bit. Besides that, Mike, you know, you mentioned the two big headliners here: uh, Louisville and the Tax Slayer Bowl against Mississippi State. That's on the thirtieth as well. Uh, on the 29th, NC State and the Sun Bowl against Arizona State. Wake Forest and the Belk Bowl against Texas A and M. That'll be fun. Uh, on the 28th, Virginia in the Military Bowl against Navy, and then your Hokies in the Camping World Bowl uh, from Orlando against o- Oklahoma State. Yeah, not uh, gross matchup. Not a fan of that. Uh, yeah, that, from, from a Hokies fan perspective, sorry. I think for college football, it's probably a pretty good matchup. But yeah, yeah. could not be a worse. Uh, I don't know. Not not a great matchup for the Hokies. Yeah, Virginia Tech matchup wise needed to find a team that. Uh, wasn't really going to light it up on offense, and, and Oklahoma State might score. Well, I mean, even against a good hokey defense, Oklahoma yeah. State still might score, you know, 31, 35, 38 points, yeah. and I don't know that Virginia Tech can match that at this point. Ideally, they wouldn't have had to play a team that averages like 35 points per game. I don't know mm-hmm. what Oklahoma State averages, but they score a lot of points, and Virginia Tech's mm-hmm. offense does not. So, yeah, first Tough impression, sledding. not good. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, on the 27th, Mike, Boston College against Iowa in the Pinstripe Bowl in New York City. The Florida State Seminoles, as you mentioned, in Shreveport against Southern Miss in the Independence Bowl. Um, you got to say the full name. you got to say the full name of that bowl. Yes, the, the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl, of course. There it is. There it um, is. That is the most ironic and appropriate matchup of bowl season, I think. I agree. Um, Southern Miss against Florida State in the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. So, cool. Uh, and then finally, Mike, on the 26th, right after Christmas, Duke against Northern Illinois in the Quick Lane Bowl. Um, so 10 bowl teams from the ACC here and some pretty good matchups, I think. Um, several ranked teams here between several of these games. And so should be a good bowl season. All this is getting clustered again between, uh, you know, the December 26th and uh, New Year's Day. So... All within a week, we're getting bit, about two games per day throughout most of that stretch. Um, we're going to come back and preview those more, you know, in depth. But uh, as you look at these, is there anything that, you know, any of these matchups that you're really particularly interested in, aside from, again, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma State? There's one that a lot of people are going to gloss over that I think could be interesting. Uh, Virginia and Navy in the military bowl. Uh, Virginia... Their rushing defense has been okay this year. Navy, of course, likes loves to run the football. Loves to run the football. 
Uh, and Virginia's offense has been kind of this roller coaster ride all year. Uh, and if Virginia's offense gets consistent in this football game, there could be a lot of points scored here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it could get kind of, what do you call it, shootouty, mm-hmm. I think is the word. Yeah. As podcast, uh, as podcast name play nobody would refer yep. to it. Pointsy. Yeah. Yeah. Pointsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pointsy. Um, yeah. This could be this could be a fun one. Of course, Navy always plays that military bowl. It's a home game in their stadium. Um, so who who knows what happens there? But that could be a fun little game there. Virginia will travel well. It's pretty close by to Charlottesville. So that's one game that I think a lot of people are going to gloss over. That you know maybe shouldn't receive or maybe won't receive the hype that might actually deserve um the quick lane bowl i have no interest in that game at all between duke and northern illinois but the quick lane bowl was interesting last year way more than it should have been yeah i mean bc and maryland that got way that hit the over like in the third quarter and screwed me i still remember that so Mm -hmm. uh never count out the quick lane bowl at all um of course looking forward to the playoff game looking forward to see how miami plays against a really really solid defense in wisconsin curious to see if they bounce back you know obviously they wish they were in the playoff but do they still play this game like it means something i mean hopefully three weeks from now they do and they're kind of over this horrible loss to clemson and they bounce back and play well and you know i think they will because it is in it is at home it's going to be at hard rock stadium but interested to see how that game plays out because wisconsin while they're not the most explosive offense in the world they can play defense so could be low scoring might not be i don't know but that's obviously a game i'm interested in as well yep uh the game that i think that the acc team might be an underdog and might win by like three scores wake forest against texas a&m don't disagree there right around the corner from wake forest and charlotte uh texas a&m playing without a head coach obviously now that they've fired kevin sumlin um, I think there's a there's elements there that as good as Wake Forest has played, everybody still looks at them and says, "Oh, it's but it's Wake Forest," and "Oh, look, A and M's in the SEC," and blah 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 blah. But I think there's about six different reasons that Wake Forest might kill A and M in this game, and I I'm so ready to watch that, Mike. Very for sure. ready for sure. And Wake Forest didn't close out the season like they probably wanted to, and I think they'll be motivated. John Walford had a great year; he's one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. So, yeah, A&M definitely needs to be careful there. Absolutely. Uh, and then Louisville against Mississippi State in the Tax Slayer Bowl as uh, Peter Sermon going to see his old uh, his old team here, of course, because that's – Grantham ruined it. That was always going to be that way. Yeah, but see, that's the thing is that Mississippi State now playing without Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham, who have both bailed to go to Florida. Uh, so who knows what ends up happening in that game. I Mississippi State's going to need some uh, defensive consulting if they're going to try to stop Lamar Jackson. Assuming Lamar Jackson plays, I don't know if he does or not. We'll we'll have to see. Hoping he plays. I mean, I want to see Lamar Jackson on college field one more time, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I, I want that. No chance he's <laughs> no chance he's coming back. Yeah. No. No way. No way. He he would he would be making a very poor decision trying to come back. Um, yeah, agreed. As much as I. As much as I uh, tend to encourage getting the degree and, and that sort of thing, I mean, Louisville will still be there if he wants to go back and get a degree. He needs to go to the NFL yesterday. Um, I don't think he should play in this game if it's me. But if he does play in the game, I'm uh, really excited to watch. As we always are when he's on the field. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that should be pretty good as well. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I think that's it for bowl games unless you had anything else on those yeah those were our previews 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy bowl season. Um, no, but I, I guess sort of, sort of on that note, Mike, let's do a little bit of a uh, little bit of house cleaning before we get out Let's, of here. Yep. So uh, this is December 3rd. Uh, bowl games start on the 26th. Uh, you are going on like a week and a half long cruise. Um, I am. And honestly, with you guys, like the season starts to drag a little bit. You know, you start to get a little uh, a little tired uh, of of uh, coming in and, and putting all this thought in and, and spending all the time watching the games and everything. You get a little bit burnout, prep. I think is maybe the word. And prep. I mean, we yeah. do a lot of prep that nobody sees, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all, the, all those things over this course of the season kind of start to wear on you. So I think Mike and I would agree, or Mike, you would agree with me, that um, we're, we're probably ready for a little bit of a break. Um, yes. So we are definitely going to come back and uh, preview these bowl games. We're going to recap uh, everybody's season sometime in January. Might get a couple of those out of the way for non-bowl eligible teams before uh, before bowl season starts. Um, but just so that you guys know, if there's nothing that comes from us here in the next couple of weeks, it's not that the uh, not that the band broke up or anything like that. It's just. Uh, Mike's on vacation. We kind of need a little bit of a break to recharge here a little bit to make the uh, last push through bowl season and uh, what I think could very well be another uh, national title game run from Clemson. So um, we will be back to uh, preview those games for sure, but it might be a couple weeks. So uh, please at us if you have a problem with that. Yeah, and then prepare to have us basically stomp on you on social media. That's what we'll do. (laughs) We're friendly people, but uh, we need a little break. Hey, come at us on social media and we will dunk on you. I believe that's you the people, uh, term. And, and, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, we'll come dunk on you. Yeah, and you know, you all will, you know, holidays are coming up. So, you know, whatever you all celebrate. I mean, got family in town and stuff like we do. It's mm-hmm. one of those things where you won't be listening to a lot of podcasts anyway. So, all good for a couple of weeks. We'll have the bowl previews. We'll have season recaps. Joey and I are trying to brainstorm off-season content because we didn't do a spectacular job of the off-season content last year Mm -hmm. uh you know but we're working on that so we'll have plenty of stuff coming we're just going to take a little week or two hiatus as we're kind of kind of really just going into a downtime here as the acc doesn't play really until a few few days after christmas now there is some chance that we might have like an emergency podcast if there's like the coaching situation yes. starts getting weird or something yes, like that. But for sure, um, but that'll be a, a a surprise for you all if it does happen. Um, Mike, are you having are you having a Festivus celebration this year? Festivus for the rest of us, buddy. Absolutely. Um, break out that Festivus pole, and the uh, airing of the grievances is always my favorite part. So, and um, if none of you know what that is, watch Seinfeld. Yes, that is and a Seinfeld thing. Read a book, damn it. <laughs> uh, all right mike this has been good again clemson your acc champ they uh beat the crap out of miami this weekend we got a bowl uh, lineup here to go watch here in a couple weeks jimbo fisher on the way out florida state got to hire somebody else uh it's been a pretty eventful weekend in the acc um maybe more than we originally had planned this weekend in particular to be but uh like I said, we're going to come back and uh, preview these bowl games here in the next couple of weeks, but it might be a minute. Uh, in the meantime, if you guys want to uh, reach out to us and, and get our thoughts on anything, we are on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can also send us an email to the longest email address, no demand, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yeehaw. 
Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on the Overcast app, and in certain other places, but not others. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Rate us, review us everywhere else, too. iTunes, Google Play, wherever you find us. Throw us a review, throw us a rating. Much appreciated. Please do. And by the way, Mike, we're a little bit behind on uh, thanking people for liking us on Facebook. Thank we you. We are. John Adams, Kevin Parks, and Kyle Clark. Uh, you guys are the goats uh, for liking us on Facebook. Thank you. Yes. Continue that. Yeah. Tell your friends. Absolutely. Mike, it's been fun. Have a good vacation if I don't talk to you before. Other yes, than sir. That, uh, I look forward to uh, previewing bowl season here when we get a chance in the next couple of weeks. Most wonderful time of the year, Joey. Here we go. Hell yeah. Yeah, break out those tacky sweaters and uh, do your Christmas shopping because um, now we got a break. So, Mike, been fun. We'll catch you later. Yeah, bye. All right. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Congratulations to Clemson. We'll talk to you again for bowl season. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.